There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this episode of In My Truth. I have a friend, Sam Cabert, on with me today. Super excited. We were introduced by a mutual friend who's a client of mine in Grow My Team, Joe Summer. And we get, I guess we were trying to connect for a while. I was out in Bali and then we chatted recently when I was in LA and now finally we're here um, deciding to do a, do a dive into an episode of In My Truth. So I'm super excited to have you, Sam. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, Sarah, thanks so much for having me. Um, so I have this personal brand, Swag Sam, right? You know, and I've been in the content creation game. I've done nine podcasts in the past three years, three of my own. Wow. Yeah, and I've just been like grinding, grinding, grinding. And I wrote three books in a year. I have a couple YouTube shows and, you know, I got named to the 40 under 40 list by Silicon Valley business journal. And I just had this depression and it was, um, it kind of culminated in, I would say a breakup. That was a three and a half year relationship on and off with who I found out was my twin flame. And I kind of spiraled into spirituality through journeying with ayahuasca for the first time. And now it's, um, the integration and trying to, find what I'm calling soul life balance to create a new normal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I love that. 
and uh, twin flame love. Oh my God, it is so different. Can you relate? Yes, yes, I can. My, I mean, everyone who's listened to my show has heard me talk about my breakup because I've been talking about it the whole time. Um, I broke up with my, who I believe is my twin flame and it's been, the relationship was really, really challenging, like really challenging. And the breakup has been equally challenging. I, I feel in many ways this breakup was I almost was dealing with every past breakup I've ever had because meeting my twin flame and then splitting with him was just like, I don't know. It felt like the worst thing that ever happened because I felt like, I don't know, it, it brought out all of the things that I needed to heal and see in myself, which has been such an incredible gift, but it also just hurt like hell. <laughs> oh, it did. And you mentioned March. That's the same time as mine. And it was a uh, mercury retrograde during March too. If you remember, mm. yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of sleepless nights where I felt you mentioned on, on my podcast recently, like waking up at 4 a.m. I had a lot of sleepless nights where I would wake up maybe at 3 a.m. or not sleep at all, and I was full of energy, but not in the sense of full of energy where I'm about to work out. It was just like it was this weird feeling of emptiness and energy that is unexplainable unless you've experienced it, you know? Yeah. It's so crazy. I spoke to my girlfriend who's actually coming up to the mountains today. I'm really excited to see her. She's also had a twin flame love. And I remember speaking to her recently a little, a little ago, actually about two months ago when I was still in quite a bit of pain. And, you know, I was like, every time that I, speak to him or see him. Like I just end up in tears. I end up like just spiraling into this like mess of myself and I just cannot understand it. And, and she said to me, well, you know, in her experience with her twin flame, she just had to accept it. That that's just, that's just how it is. Just surrender. And that surrender. was really helpful to me. And I think that started kickstarted like another layer of my healing process. Um, and I do actually feel in a pretty good place right now. Um, I started dating again about six weeks ago. And that's been really amazing adventure on, on its own. And, um, I felt ready. I took the time, you know, to heal from that, but yeah, there was a lot of, it, it started with that acceptance and surrender that that is the connection and the dynamic that existed between us and that, that it'll, it'll forever potentially be that. And that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I, th so at the time of recording, we're in what it's about Christmas and, I'd say mid Thanksgiving, I was doing yoga and I do try to do yoga like four or five times a week. So it's not like rare, right? But it was around a time of like a two week storm in California. And I mean, you know, in California, it's pretty sunny for the most part, right? And this particular morning, we, I just felt like these strong vibes or whatever. And th then the sun came crashing through and it wasn't sunny that morning, but it just came out of nowhere. And I think it was like, as I was going up into um, mountain pose and I just had this rush of energy and just all, I remember like when I purged the first day of ayahuasca, probably my third purge and just this feeling and this rush, it was similar to that. And it was these downloads and just this feeling of like gratitude for having the opportunity to meet my twin flame and learn from this experience. And from there, like I thought I had already accepted it like mm. back in May or even, you know, months ago, but it was like the first time where I truly like, wasn't just saying the words, like I was actually feeling the words. So that's so interesting. I actually felt that this morning I was just driving back from Beaver Creek 
to Keystone where I live in Colorado. I've just been up there skiing for a couple of days, snowboarding actually. Um, and I just, I had that feeling. I think it's, it's the end of a decade. It's the end of the year. It's just this time where I'm feeling very reflective. And, and this year in particular, I've put a lot of effort over the last month or so in really reflecting and also planning for the year ahead. And I felt just deep gratitude for my twin flame and meeting my twin flame because I faced my biggest fear. My biggest fear in my life going back to my childhood wound was abandonment and I faced it and I survived. You know, I experienced it thanks to him, thanks to whatever soul agreement we had, you know, prior to coming into this life. And I just felt like, you know, I, I always saw that and got that from the time that we broke up, but I really felt it today. I felt actual gratitude because of all the work that I've done this year, right up until last weekend, like I will always be doing the work. I don't mean that it's over, but I mean like, you know, I was still like patterns still playing out from my past so that I, but I could see them in different ways now. And I just felt this morning and right now, I just feel extremely, extremely grateful for the experience. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a place of gratitude today. It's really really nice. How are you right now? Like you mentioned, it's Christmas, it's holidays. Like how's that? Yeah. For me right now, I mean, it's been, it's not been a place of gratitude, put it that way. It's, yeah. it's been a place, it's been more of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a relapse almost where it's um, wanting to check her social media and refraining and wanting to text her and refraining and thinking about her and, and like noting those thoughts and, you know, thinking about my new year's plans and thinking about like, you know, her and how I'm lonely and that type of stuff. And I've been on a few dates, nothing, uh, sticked, uh, or stuck. I don't know, whatever, right. <laughs> nothing stood <laughs> out. It's connecting just yet. Yeah. Nothing's <laughs> connecting just yet. And I mean, I'm, I'm at a place where I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, we were together three and a half years. It was an on off relationship. We've had three new years together. Only one of them were we, together you know like that's how much we were on and off so it's like i try to get back to thinking about the negatives mm. versus maybe i should be thinking about the grateful and what i learned but i i kind of go to the negatives oh this is why it didn't work don't feel bad you know and it's uh, i'm in a place where i'm like in that negative um kind of self-pity type thing so i'll go on a run with my dog soon and get some vitamin d and start feeling better you know what i mean <laughs> I do know what you mean. I mean, I, I wish that I would go for the run when I feel down, but honestly, often what I do is just curl up on my couch because I just don't want to do anything. I mean, in overall in my life, I do the things that'll pick me up, the workouts and the journaling and the, all of that stuff, but I definitely have my days and I did not used to be like this years ago, you know, but since I had my breakdown last year and since I had experienced that depression and stuff. It's really changed me where I don't know if it's allowing or just needing to take this space to just curl up in a ball and be with my darkness. Um, it's something else that today, while I'm in a, a really good kind of emotional state, I feel gratitude for this year. I would say I really learned to, um, be friends with the pain and live with the pain and sit in the darkness and the shadows. It still absolutely fucking sucks. Like I can't even like, I don't even know if it's easier. It's just more that I have this knowing that it's okay and to be in it and to be with it and that it will pass, but not 
from a sense of like, just hang in there until it passes more like this is just another part of being a human. Like just like feeling excited or happy or overwhelmed or joyful or sad or angry or whatever, like all of those emotions and feelings are just part of it. And this deep sadness that I sometimes feel um, is, is just a part of it. So I feel grateful as well to have made friends with the pain. Um, and honestly, like I, I feel like this is the first episode I've recorded in a while where I actually feel pretty good. Um, you know, I, well, don't let me bring no, you down. Don't let me bring I, you down. No, never. I mean, I fully understand and relate to you and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving through quite some interesting stuff right now where just a week or two ago, I was like really setting the intention around attracting conscious relationships and conscious people into my life. And then I was faced with my own, like, I got really drunk. I like made out with this guy that I didn't necessarily want to be making out with in that scenario. And I was like, Oh, the old patterns, the old shadows, the old behaviors came up. And that was my moment though, where I was like, well, how do I treat myself after this happens? And I started doing the work and this was just like a couple of weeks ago. And I just dove into the shadow. I dove in to why I'm doing that. And I realized that my, my ego is getting in the way of me developing more conscious relationships because my ego actually likes to be the one that's like righteous and, co- and can coach and can see what's going on for other people. And it's literally been the last, probably seven days where I started working with that. I started opening up. I realized that I have not been opening up to the men in my life about the way I feel about men. So I wouldn't let them in on that, on my I wouldn't let them in to my heart in that regard um, to coach me, to sit with me, to try to help me figure out like, you know, why do I feel like this to do with my father, to do with this, that, the other, blah, blah. So I've been practicing just the last week, like opening up my vulnerabilities, like, Oh, when this guy canceled dinner, I felt a little bit rejected and a little bit disappointed. What does that mean? And I started talking to one of my partners about that. And like, that was the first time I've ever done it. And I let him dissect me and I let him like pull me apart and say, well, why do you think you feel this? And it's fascinating though, because in a very short period of time of going into that work head on, I can feel myself opening up to more conscious, aware connections, even meeting yourself, you know, and I feel really grateful. Like every time we do the work, I feel like, you know, when we really go in and do it, it can move quite quickly and the universe can give us, you know, bring these beautiful things that we actually want on the other side of that work. Yeah, I I can totally relate. And for me, it comes in the form of those synchronicities, you know, and you start to see an abundance of synchronicities. And then I don't know what happens. It might be uh, taking it for granted or maybe not doing the work. But then for me, I get to a point where it's like, what's going on? Like, where did it all go? And then it gets back to like kind of that meaningless lifestyle. Because when I start to see the synchronicities, that's when, you know, I I start to feel more fulfilled, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Have you ever, um, I don't remember if we talked about this, but Akashic Records, have you heard of that? Mm Mm-mm. The, oh, it's wait, like the uh, think of it as like the library for souls so like they do a ceremony and no plant medicine or anything like that and they open up a, with a prayer and then they the person leading it gets channeled through a light being and i just did it for the first time last week and it was 
arguably almost as powerful as ayahuasca um, and no plant medicine, but they just started spewing out all this information about my soul for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, then from there, you know, you can start to ask some questions. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, well, I've had this eternal like feeling of loneliness. And when I talk to people about it, they, they don't understand, or I have to explain, it's like, no, I'm not talking about like not settling down in this lifetime. I'm like talking about eternal, like I'm not worried about this life. I'm worried about after this life. Um, and yeah, it was just really interesting. I did past life regression a few months ago where it's mm -hmm. like a hypnosis and it's supposed to get you in touch with your former lives and nothing happened, but I saw this little girl playing in a field and nothing happened, but I saw that. And since then I've been seeing this little girl playing in a field, almost like Westworld for anyone that watches Westworld where the robots remember their past characters in different storylines. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I've been seeing this little girl playing in a field and more and more recently. So, and I asked them during the Akashic records, like, Hey, who's this little girl? And they said, that's your daughter from a previous life. And I went on to ask more questions and she was talking through the person channeling and she called me Papa and she and all this. And it turns out, I mean, you know, it sounds kind of crazy as some people and I'm choosing to believe in it. I understand like, you know, talk about being vulnerable, right. You know, but because <laughs> a lot of people just be on the surface, like, okay, whatever. Like, how do you know if someone wasn't just like making this up? Right. But yeah, she told me that I was in world war one in a previous life and I died in a sudden explosion. So I died at a young age. I've always felt in this life that I was going to die at a young age. Um, so that kind of explains that I'm holding on to that trauma. And then she also said that I had like a deeper connection with my daughter than my wife. And that must have been like where this started from that past life regression. And she said, um, my daughter from this previous life that we met up on the other side after her death and before I became who I am in this life. And she's staying on the other side as a spirit guide. And, um, yeah, it's just a few other things, but I mean, for me, like this was like, I, I, I was holding back tears, you know, I mean, it was, it was pretty, uh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I got a lot from the Akashic records. I'm going to do another one soon to go a little bit deeper, but, um, yeah, there's so much work. Why do you do that? My mentor uh, connected me with someone and we did a Zoom call. I'm in California and the lady that I did with is in Florida, um, Rasa Healing. And yeah, it was a Zoom call. I mean, I, 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 I'm really not firing all cylinders today. I'm like forgetting words, but I was, <laughs> I was uh, putting off uh, doing it for over a year. And I did the past life regression locally and I didn't really get much from that. And my mentor, he's out in Utah and he goes, dude, I've been telling you, like, why won't you listen to me? Like go my girl. Uh, and I go, she's in Florida and he goes, no, she's the best. And then I finally did it. Like, yeah, that was amazing. I should have listened sooner, but you know, it just, it doesn't seem like on the surface, like doing a zoom call for something. So like spiritual on the surface, it's like, why would I do that? If there's someone local you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The world is changing and this true. is just another way that we connect and communicate. I've most of my therapists and healers and coaches that I work with are all, we do it all online. And I had, um, I've talked, I'm sure on this podcast about my journey healing my asthma, but 
one of the we, we I kind of discovered that my asthma was was kind of part of my abandonment wounding and it was a way that I got unconditional love as a child but one of the other parts of it was a past life that I I had already discovered through a therapist years ago it was a past life where I was a small child about nine years old and I, I lived till about nine years old and I was like kept in a basement and I never really saw the light of day. I never saw anything. And I had a captor who eventually strangled me. And that was a fairly recent past life, like potentially my most recent when I'm not hundred percent sure, but there was some trauma from that life that came through due to being strangled. And I worked with a healer earlier this year when I started discovering this stuff about my asthma. And she again picked up that same past life. She told me, this is what is it? Have you, do you know this past life? Are you familiar with it? And I was like, yeah. And, and she saw it as well. And then we kind of did a, a meditation where we went through the birth canal and let go of that past wow. life, like rebirthed into this life, which was pretty cool. Um, but I haven't had any of my steroid medication that I used to take for my asthma every single day for six months now. So that was, you know, really profound to discover the things that we sometimes carry both from childhood, but also from, you know, our past lives that are coming into this life. And if we can be curious about those things, it's amazing. There's the woman that I've used, um, I haven't worked with her, but she has a book and she, in the book, there is a guided kind of meditation that you can do for your own past lives. I've discovered other ones through it. Her name's Mira Kelly, M-I-R-A Kelly. She's quite interesting as well, but yeah, I love all this stuff. It's fascinating. I was just thinking of something that happened to me recently. The very the very night after my unconscious connection with a male, um, I, I was lucky enough to be at the Aubrey Marcus Fit for Service weekend and we had Paul Selig come and channel for us. So we were a room of 100 and he, he's a channel and he came and channeled to the room and we did this energy attunement and um, we had to eye gaze. We, we had to partner up with whoever was next to us. And we did this eye gazing for about 20 minutes, which if anyone's done eye gazing, you know, it's, it's challenging, it's uncomfortable. And 30 seconds or a minute is, is, is sometimes challenging. Five minutes is challenging. 20 minutes with someone that I didn't know while Paul Selig was channeling and doing energy achievement was at, in the beginning, very uncomfortable, but very soon our energy connected and it was the most one of probably, if not one of the most incredible experiences of my life in terms of connecting with another human being who I did not know. I had really barely spoken to, I think I'd said hi to him an hour earlier for the first time. So I didn't, didn't know him at all. And our energy just connected and it almost felt like MDMA or something, but a much cleaner, you know, version. I mean, MDMA can also be very profound. It, it was somewhat different, but somewhat similar. It felt incredible the connection that we made through this moment. And then when we sat down, we both, we all, everybody in the room sat back down again and I just put my hands on his leg and he just put his hands on my feet. And it was just like our bodies just, we just wanted to connect and, and touch, even though we had not touched each other at all prior to that moment. And it was not sexual in any nature. It was just a human connection that was so beautiful, but I was fascinated by the intention that I went into for the weekend. And, and as I'm cultivating for the year ahead of like, I want to create conscious conscious connections and intentional relationships. And I had this kind of shadow behavior come up one night that was fueled by alcohol and all of that. And then I had this very profound, very sober moment. And it was just a chance for me to see and to remind myself that I don't need, 
you know, substances necessarily to tap into and certainly not alcohol, which is a very low vibrational substance um, to tap into the connection that I can have with other humans. It was just so incredible. I'm, I'm back going back to Soltara in January 5th to the 12th for another week long ayahuasca um, journey, which I'm super excited about. And it's a great time of year for me as I'm thinking into the year ahead of like what I want to create and cultivate in my life. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be working with some of that, with that shadow of myself, that side that turns to alcohol sometimes and does sabotage behavior to feel this connection with men. I think to get things that I, I missed out on as a child or whatever it may be, but I'm very open for the mother to show me what it is that I need to heal in that regard. Definitely. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you've done, you did, did you do ayahuasca after you split with your twin flame or, uh, or you've done it more than once? Yeah, I, I did it twice this year. Um, for the first time. So I've done it twice and back to back nights both times. But, um, mm-hmm. I actually got back together with her after I did ayahuasca the first time. And it wasn't, it was weird because, um, we got back together, but we weren't together. I mean, we probably, didn't even post a picture on social media together for at least a year. And not that I cared about it, but it became something that I cared about because she cares about her image so much online. She was an NFL cheerleader and, you know, she, she used to post pictures of us all the time and then she deleted all of them, you know, and then it was kind of like, well, we're in hiding, you know, like, and you're always having me to take pictures of you. Like if we go out to dinner, if we go somewhere, like let's at least take a picture of us together. And then it got to us taking pictures together. Right. And then it got to taking pictures of us together. And then like, well, can we post them, you know, and then her making a big deal about how we can't post them. And then me being like her thing, I'm making a big deal. And it's just like, I'm not making a big deal. I'm just saying like, are we together? Are we not? And then her getting flustered and that type of stuff. And I mean, we were together probably three or four months after I did ayahuasca the first time until we broke up for good. Um, And I like to say for good because the longest time we broke up before this was probably a month, maybe two months. So, and now it's been about three and a half. So, I mean, anything could happen, but I think we're both at a point now where we're ready, you know, and, um, it, it was weird because right before we broke up for good, she was about to post something on social media. And then I just made a joke about it. Like, Oh, you know, I was trying to make a joke like, Oh, this is like a big moment, you know? And then she didn't post it. She, she got mad at me for pointing that out and like how I ruined the moment. And the truth is I pointed out and she realized the implications of it and she was no longer in the moment and she was feeling like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And then a few days after that, she introduced me to someone as her boyfriend, which we've been together, not like on paper together, but for like three or four months consistently. And like, that was a big thing. And she even said to me like, wow, I can't believe you know, I said that. And then a couple of days later, what do you know? We're done. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's been interesting. And then I had already had ayahuasca scheduled to do the second time. And that time I wanted it to be more about 
not about her, right? I want it to be kind of about business or just my life in general. But <laughs> last thing I wanted was for it to be about her. And then we had that breakup and then it was like ayahuasca three days later. So go figure, I wasn't able to surrender. And that was like a two terrible nights of my, the first night, I think I had three cups. I might've even had four and I didn't feel anything till the final cup and it only lasted like a couple hours and they knew the medicine was strong and they said it was my energy and my, the defense I was mm. put, putting up. So there you have it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. I mean, my entire four days, I did four ceremonies in four days and uh, I had a very profound ceremony where my dad came and kind of his energy and showed me, all about my life and that I'm a bird and then my true nature and all of this. But the other three ceremonies that, you know, I was super resistant and all I could think about was this relationship that hadn't worked out. And, um, yeah, I was just stuck in my head. I had so much resistance to the medicine and right. not even consciously. I think there was, there was some conscious fear, but I just didn't know how to let go and how to, how to have that experience. So I'm definitely nervous about going back. I don't know what, um, it's, I think I'm at this point in my life where I'm trying to, I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm there where it's like, if I know what I want to grow through, I'm just going to trust the process that most likely I'm going to get thrown a bunch of shit before I actually get to come out the other side, because yeah. that's what the last three years has been for me. It was October, 2016 when I said I really wanted to love myself. I realized I didn't. And you know, it's, it's three and a bit years later and I, I'm, I, I can say like, I don't hundred percent love myself yet. Like I think I'm pretty close. Right. I keep having these times where I'm like, Oh, finally I'm here. And then I find myself in self-loathing again. And, you know, and so it's such a journey. I had no idea what a journey that I would be embarking on and what the universe would be throwing at me and providing for me to be able to walk through that fire. But I'm starting to come to a place of, of genuine trust in where I want to get to that, the, the process that gets laid out in front of me will be exactly what I need it to be. Yeah. For me, that whole self-love thing, it's like, I can't find a balance. I find those days when I'm just totally feeling it and I'm on fire and, you know, feeling like I love myself or I'm just really happy, etc. And then I have those days where I'm just lethargic and it can be, it can, it's very hard to find that balance. Some days I'm, I'm loving myself or I'm feeling great. Actually, I'm not even being real. I'm feeling on fire. Like I, it's a toll like peak, you know? And then the next day I am in the biggest pit. It's like I've wasted all that positive energy and now I have to uh, counterbalance it. And I mean, I love those highs, right? So I don't want to, people are like, Oh, you just need to find like a happy medium. It's like, no, those highs are great. I don't want to give up that high. It's just like, can I just not be in that pit after I'm in a high and that's kind of where I'm trying to find the balance with self self-love but um yeah yeah I totally feel you like I think I try I'm trying to smooth that line to a point where both the highs and the lows are not like anxiety states if that makes sense where I'm like actually disconnected from self um, which happens to me, like the highs can be so high and intoxicating that I'm not even with myself. Like, and, and I know it's actually an unhealthy high that's going to be followed by an unhealthy low. Um, and I think making friends with that pain and that darkness has helped me 
to sit with it and be with it. And at the same time, when I feel, you know, that high that starts to rise and it's like almost like this tide could just carry me away. And I'm like, no, like just remember that this is just a passing moment as well. So I still can enjoy it, but I don't get carried away with it because I, I used to get carried away to the point where I thought maybe there wouldn't be another low. Like, Oh, finally I'm here. I found it. And you know, it's not true because everything we're here to just be humans and feel the full spectrum of emotions and feel everything. And the more that I've made friends with those feelings and been okay with it and willing to share it and open up all the different things that I feel with other people, like life is just getting so much easier from that regard. Like it doesn't mean I don't experience the things that are challenging, but I don't have to experience them in silence and I don't have to experience them in that, Oh my gosh, this is wrong. And I need to get back to that high state. Right. You know, this just makes me remember to how I felt after I did ayahuasca the first time, because that was life changing. After I did ayahuasca the first time, you know, I felt like I found the key to life and there's just so many insights. In fact, I did a five part blog series about it. That was the birth of a new podcast for me called Soul Seeker. Two weeks after that, I did a psilocybin journey for healing, which I've done mushrooms like 30 times in my life before that, all recreational. I have never done mushrooms for healing and doing that two weeks after ayahuasca for healing was, that was stronger than ayahuasca for me. And I had truly an ego death and it was, it was amazing. And I would say for close to two months after that, I was in full integration and I was living in a very like Zen type place. And it got to a point where, cause I'm very silly by nature and I have a co-host for one of my podcasts and I have a food show on YouTube and he is such a huge goofball. We're, we're like brothers. So when you put the two of us together, we're like dumb and dumber, you know, so it's, it's a lot of fun. And we just had this weird connection after that because I, he is not into spirituality or, and he is like the biggest squirrel there is. And <laughs> I became like this very like calm person and, you know, it was just, we, we became so opposite. And we weren't really having fun together anymore. And then I kind of looked around and I realized I wasn't really having fun anymore. And then I also was in a new depression because I was so sick of the way our system is built. And, you know, I'd go, I moved to the ocean um, in Santa Cruz. I'm 60 seconds away from the ocean. I moved out of Silicon Valley to Santa Cruz after doing ayahuasca. Um, and I go stand up paddleboarding a lot and I see like the seals in there, the sea otters, and I'm paddling next to them. And I'm thinking these guys are just uh, trying to survive. You know, I'm out here for a couple hours and I'm like, okay, I got to go back to work. You know, like what the hell is this? <laughs> we don't need any of our jobs. Like I could go on and on like how obviously we don't need insurance. We don't, I'm, I sell promotional products. Like marketing and advertising is one of the worst things that we have. Right. And you could even say that we don't need the hospitals. Cause if you went to go you went back to how we used to live. Anyways, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I, <laughs> I, I had this just huge sit in the politics and just ever in the war and just everything. Right. And just so sick of humanity and just seeing everything, how it truly is. And you know what? I kind of was like, I want to go back. It's like the matrix, right? You can't go back. And, and I go, you know, yeah. I, I know I want to go down the rabbit hole, but I'm just not enjoying myself. I'm not enjoying life. So, and I, I stopped doing my spiritual practices. Um, I switched from meditation to yoga and then I stopped yoga for a while. And then the depression in a new way came back and, you know, a roller coaster. And I, I'd like to think that now 
have a nice happy medium of being able to tap into the soulful and mindfulness and to also live this like fun life of not knowing because for me I don't know how much I I want to be in that state of like knowing how we truly are. Cause for me, I just like, I'm done and not in a suicidal type of way, but like I'm ready for the other side. Like I feel, I feel fulfilled in this lifetime and I feel curious on a daily level of what's on the other side. And like, is this all just a game? Like, is it truly better on this side? Is that why we keep coming back? You know? So it's like, Oh, okay. Well maybe I should just forget and not worry about everything and just enjoy it. Cause it's a game. So it's just, <laughs> it's just it's roller coaster, Right. Oh my God. I can relate to all of that so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> so interesting. And I think that journey that you just described with your first ayahuasca is like pretty much identical to mine. So I went, changed my life. I was, it was so profound. I felt very like, in my feminine energy is what happened to me. Like I dropped all my masculine energy. I was like fucking floating around. I was like, Oh, I would never write a to-do list. Like I don't need anything like that. Like I was just doing that. I also had the download to start my podcast. So I started my podcast and then I did a mushroom ceremony like four weeks later. And in the mushroom ceremony, I was in my house. I was just, I meditated through the whole ceremony. It was so beautiful. I was just seeing like crystal layers of the earth. And I was so connected. Like when I closed my eyes, there was no, beginning or end to me or anything else. It was just, ugh, it was vastness and beautiful vastness. And I, I can't even, and unless you've experienced it, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I was, I was, it was so beautiful and so overwhelming. And then I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, why has it taken you 38 years to find this? Because the message I was getting was like, this is always here for you. You're always connected. And so I started being angry that like, it's taken me so long to come back. And then I just got this boom message that was like, you're here to be human. Like you're not here to be fucking meditating in a cave and like connected. Like that will be here for you whenever it's your time, you know, to finish this lifetime and, and to, to graduate or whatever you want to call it. But that was like a really, it was kind of a cool moment though, because I came back and I was like, all right, this, that, that did change me quite a bit actually in terms of, I, I think I cultivated a little more masculine back in to have that more integrated healed masculine and, and feminine energy and, and just to get back into life and be like, okay, the goal isn't necessarily to be like so enlightened every day and just like connected and like living in my house surrounded by trees, which is really nice. But like there's other cool shit that we can do as humans. So let's get out and do it. Like there's so much stuff for us and people and experiences and all those emotions and feelings. So it was very positive in the end, but yeah, I can, it, it's changed the way that I look at life and, and kind of like, well, it is kind of like a game or something like nothing has to really mean anything. It's only the meanings that we place on it. I don't know. No, I feel you. (laughs) I call myself a recovering bro now. (laughs) So like I, I dropped out my fancy football league, which, um, you know, we, out of everyone I know, then I've had, um, some fancy football experts on my podcast. Like we are, pretty hardcore league like our, our group text goes through 24 7 and there's not many leagues that are talking about football you know and well i know the drafts in may but you know we're we're talking about prospects and everything it's it's a hardcore league destination draft high stakes you know people staying up at 3 a.m to make waiver claims and you know it's just very stressful all my podcasts switch to fancy football podcast during the season even the off season leading up to it like it is and everyone in the league is like this so it was a huge deal 
and my my friends, I put in air quotes up, um, pretty much disowned me when I dropped out five, with five months in advance notice. Um, actually, it was more like four months, but still, we've had people drop out like the day of or a couple days or a couple weeks before I go. And, you know, them making fun of me, like there's this, I was thinking about going to Bali. Um, I really wanted to go, but I found a house in Sankers and, you know, this one, a couple of them are like, oh, my wife said, uh, you're like Julie Roberts in this movie, uh, Eat, Pray, Love, you know, and like, yeah, like, you know, and all, 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 the, all the shit from like, you know, bro talk. And honestly, I haven't talked to these guys in months and like, these were my best friends and it's been a healing process just in letting, letting that go. And you want to talk about synchronicities. I found this podcast through a friend of a friend uh, by James Whitaker and it's called own the day, win the day. I think that, no, that's Aubrey Marcus that says that. I don't remember what his podcast is called, but um, he said in one of them, hang out with people with a common future, not a common past. And I heard that quote mm, for the first so good. Yeah. And I heard that right when I needed to hear that when I was going, cause I was like, am I making the right decision? I'm making the like, this is so hard to do. And yeah, it's, it's been, difficult for sure in, on so many levels of the new life you know so oh yeah, yeah. i feel yeah. yeah oh this has been such a good conversation i feel like we could keep talking forever so we're gonna have to catch up in person when i'm in new york and carry on these conversations right. get you back on the show sometime down the track and continue to share our our journeys in spirituality and all of these adventures in this game of life i love it thank you so much sam for joining me thanks for having me sarah really appreciate it and uh, i love the podcast and the work you're doing so i'm here cheering you on oh thank you right back at you i love it thank you so much thanks for listening to this episode of in my truth you can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.